1: It's going to be a touchdown for Judkins. Right up the middle, David. Big gaping hole opened up, and Judkins just burst through there. Gary
0: Darby, Chuck Roundsville, Yancey Porter, and Gordon Ford bring you the latest on everything going on with Ole Miss Athletics. Gets control, in the dock! Oh, my! Don't sit on the sidelines. Be part of the show. Text in your questions or comments at 662-426-1093. That's 662-426-1093.
1: I guess you don't have to,
0: but you need to.
2: He hits one high and deep. Left field. Kane shading the eyes at the track, and it is gone.
0: Let's get to it. Here's your host, Gary Darby.
2: All right, friends, it is time to do the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Gary, Chuck, and Yancey's hiding behind the computer so I can't can't see him. Plus, I got my hat pulled over the eyes. Men,
3: how are we today? Ah. We're doing good. And, and listen, I talked to a, a buddy of Gordon's this morning, and he said Gordon's doing a little better. Said, good.
4: Yeah, we're going to have know. a conversation with him next week. I talked to him for a while this morning. Good. It's getting better and better each day.
3: Good.
2: Excellent. Yeah, um, Get get that health right and get back with us in the studio as well. So Omus baseball wins one out of three. Had opportunities in all of them. Uh, we've hashed it out again back here in our little pregame meeting and doing that. So we'll we'll get some of the things out in, in that regard on the show today. But this is what we will do. Take those text messages at 662-426-1093. So go ahead and get those in at 426-1093. Zach Berry is going to join us. On three recruiting analysts, we'll talk about things going on in the Ole Miss recruiting world. And then we'll get with Harry Harrison coming up uh, in the back end of the program to talk about Ole Miss football and the things that have been going on so far. In the spring, uh, we'll have our good, bad, and ugly. At the end, some SEC news in which I'm going to dig into Ole Miss players in the USFL and Major League Baseball. We've got your injury report, those text messages, and everything along the way. Does that sound okay? Sounds great. Alright, 426-1093 is the way to get involved. As uh, First of all, that little chat and things brought to you by First South Farm Credit. 100 years of experience supporting communities and agriculture. They'll help you through that financial journey at First South Farm Credit. And now, some five things from Yancey.
4: First thought of the day, I'm hearing that Ole Miss ace Hunter Elliott is on track to return for the LSU series. I'm also hearing they are aiming for Riley Maddox to return for the Missouri series. Call me crazy, which is certainly understandable, Gary and Chucky, but I saw a lot of progress this weekend from the Ole Miss baseball team. They were two plays away from sweeping a team on the road that made the World Series last season. Thought number three, while we focus on the Ole Miss pitching, deservedly so, the Ole Miss hitters are batting 216 in SEC play. Another surprising number to me is they've only hit eight home runs in nine SEC games. They are too talented for this kind of production. Thought number four, the thought around the Ole Miss baseball program is that they need to go five and four in the next three series and they go eight and four in the last four SEC series. And the last thought of the day, I went to the Ole Miss scrimmage Saturday. Jackson Dart and Walker Howard looked really good. The whole Ole Miss offense looked really good, but the defense looked very iffy to me. I don't see enough SEC body types on defense. Hopefully that's due to all the injuries, but I saw too many short and squatty body, body types for my liking. Now I, know, now I know why Lane warned us that they didn't have as many impact portals as he brought in last year. Keep your fingers crossed. This next portal class uh, after spring practice will be vital for the Ole Miss program.
2: Speaking for short, squatty bodied people everywhere, how dare you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, I don't know, Chucky. I just, it, they just look very short on defense.
3: Uh, well, it depends on who's in there. And like you say, there's quite a few that are hurt. But um, I, I have to agree with one statement you made. I, I don't see the impact portal players. I see really good depth pieces. Yeah. I see some guys that could, could start. Samari so Walton will be probably be a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caden Prescorn at tight end will probably be a starter. Uh, the rest of them, they've got a long way to go. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying they're bad football players, but they're not, like you said, they're not impact players Th- this, thus far. Now, the other caveat to that. Uh, addendum to that, asterisk to that, is that um, they're still learning Pete Golden's system sure. on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I want to take that into account before I do any harsh judgments. And
4: they weren't bringing the ball players to the ground thumping. So it was a little bit different, which all, always gives the offense the edge. I was just looking at body types and it was just, yeah. Yeah. I was like, goodness gracious, we are mighty short. Yeah, and It's just the first thing that came to my appearance is just how short. Our defense looked a lot of 5'9, 5'10, 5'11 guys running around there on that backfield.
3: You must have been looking at LaDarius Tennyson. <laughs>
4: <laughs> He's one of them. And I like his game now. Yeah, I, I know. You know, and it's okay to have a smaller body type at each level when they're an impact player, but when you, you know, when you got a group of five, six secondary guys and four of them mm-hmm. are 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, well, you, you know, know Deontay
3: Prince out. He's yeah. six feet. That's true. Um, and I, I don't know. I think the rest of them are okay. We, we'll, you know, again, let's let's watch it develop from uh, Mr. Golding, see what Mr. Golding will do. And, by the way, whew, he, he's he's a home run. Right, I no think. doubt. No doubt. I think he's a home run.
4: Schematically, they're going to be much better, so that does give me some hope mm-hmm. there.
2: Five things brought to you by Outback Steakhouse and our friend Steve Grantham. He operates nine of those in Mississippi and Tennessee. Zach Barry's on the other side. We'll talk with him right after this.
0: Cannon clearing the
6: or visit OxfordOrtho.org.
0: You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Canon Motors.
2: Gary, Chuck Yancey, all together on this Monday night. Text messages are coming in at four two six one zero nine three. 1093 We have a basketball question, a baseball question, and a band practice field question, guys. So be prepared for, for some thoughts on that, and we'll get some more of those, and we'll continue on uh, with uh, some football discussion with Harry Harrison in the back end of the show. But on three, recruiting analyst Zach Berry's on the line with us now. Zach, welcome back, buddy. How are you?
4: Good evening, gentlemen. How are we doing? Doing great, Zach. Uh, I bet you've had your your time busy these last couple of weeks. seems like Ole Miss is bringing in 12, 20 prospects a week. These last two weeks, uh, just kind of update us some. Some interesting things that you put out. One of them uh, that I thought was very interesting is St. Martin uh, wide receiver Noel White was in town and he's dropped all conversations outside of Ole Miss and Arkansas, obviously he's committed to Arkansas. Have you heard any news back from his visit? I've
5: talked with him when I was in Austin, Texas at the OT7 event, the uh, big seven-on-seven seven tournament. They do a full nationwide tour. Uh, tons and tons and tons of talent. He was there competing with Coastline Stars. Spoke with him in between games. And, and honestly, he, he lit up when he talked about Ole Miss. Uh, I, I think pretty much the entire staff is coming after him. Uh, notably Derek Nix, Kelvin Bolden, Lane Kiffin, Pete Golding is chipping in as well. But um, I, I find it right now, I find it hard to believe that he is going to sign with Arkansas. Um, and Arkansas is very much still in it. He's still committed there. He committed to Marcus Woodson while he was on his visit. Um, but sources still indicate that, that Ole Miss is very much in the picture. He told me that he was taking the visit. He did show up. And I think the staff feels like they're in a great spot despite the commitment to Arkansas. Uh, I still think that Brian Telly and LSU is going to linger and they're going to hang around. Um, he's from that coast area. LSU yeah. has been recruiting him in, in, incredibly hard. But I think that this is a, a definite three-team battle right now. And, and I like Ole Miss's chances despite the uh, verbal commitments.
4: Obviously, the top prospect in the state this year. Uh, I've seen some recruiting services kind of different opinion, but in my eyes, it's Lake Cormont, Frank uh, Cam Franklin. He's you reported he's going to be in town tomorrow. Uh, he is a defensive lineman uh, again out of Lake Cormont. He's rated the number twenty nine overall prospect by On Three Sports. What is the latest with him?
5: Yeah, Cam, uh, he and his, uh, teammate 2025, uh, now a linebacker, uh, Jarcovy, uh, Hobson, they told me they will be in town on Tuesday. Um, Cam is honestly not a, not a big talker. He's pretty quiet. He keeps things pretty, uh, you know, pretty reserved, you know, close to the proverbial vest. But, um, I know that he's coveted by Ole Miss, uh, again, just like Norrell White. I mean, Pretty much the entire staff is coming after him. Randall Joyner, Pete Golding are spearheading this recruitment. They are really close with him. And Lane Kiffen is doing it as well, um, talking to him a lot. You see that more and more. I hear that more and more when I talk to these prospects uh, in the 24 and the 25 class. They talk a lot about Lane Kiffen and how he has personally reached out to a lot more. Um, could that be a change in, in strategy, uh, maybe a shift from the 23 class to the 24 class, because of the depth in the state of Mississippi, maybe um, I think it just shows. You know, kind of I, I tell this to our subscribers a lot. You know, hey, pay attention to who I say Lane Kiffin is talking to, and you know, read the interviews when they when they mention Lane Kiffin is talking to them. That obviously means something when the head coach is going out of his way. Um, but yeah, Cam Franklin, he's this will be his fifth unofficial visit to Ole Miss, and. um, the last time he was in town, he was the only recruit in town that was by design. They wanted to dedicate all resources and all attention to him. And then uh, he's bringing his uh, his teammate, 2025 linebacker, Jarcoby Hobson. Um, uh I, I joked with him when I was at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta. He competed there as a sophomore, as a um, corner uh, slash safety. This year he was there as a linebacker. And I asked him if, uh, when he's a senior, if he's going to be competing as a defensive lineman because he just continues to grow, <laughs> continues to get bigger. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, you know got a lot of that that um, Perkins vibe to him, like you know who was also you know compared to Tony Connor, just that long, athletic frame that you can't teach. And uh, he continues to get bigger and stronger, but uh, he's not sacrificing any quickness or speed. So those two are. Two of the biggest overall prospects on the board, regardless of class. But, yeah, Cam Franklin, the number one player in the state. Tennessee's coming after him really hard. Miami has hosted him a couple times. Mario Cristobal has really moved the needle with him. He likes it down there. they got Jason Taylor on staff, the former Dolphins great, um, who was at St. Thomas Aquinas. He's now at the college level coaching there. Um, and then Georgia, Alabama are always going to be lingering.
4: Then another Cam out of Mississippi, Cam Beavers out of Bay Springs, who the kind of consensus I get, and you too, is that's probably who Ole Miss is best in with all of these defensive linemen that are left on the board out of the state. He's the number 81 overall prospect in the state, uh, excuse me, in, in the country, uh, the number two prospect in the state of Mississippi, 6'4", 325, there's kind of some conflicting reports. He was at State Saturday. He was at Ole Miss. I don't really see any bearing in that. But, but do you get the consensus, too, that Ole Miss is probably the leader for him?
5: Yeah, I think so. He he did not make it into town. Um, I don't know the reason. He just was unable to make it is what I was told. So I think it was probably some kind of logistical issue. Um, also, a lot of times these guys just, you know, hey, they, they, they go one place for the weekend, and then they're done. They don't really want to bounce around too much. But um, I still like Ole Miss's chances there. I think Kelvin Bolden and, and Randall Joyner are putting in a uh, concerted effort. And then, again, you have got Pete Golding, who seems to really be leading the charge for a lot of these in-state guys who are extremely talented. Um, they like to get them on campus, in person, to see them. And um, I, I like the, the moves that Ole Miss has done – over the past month and getting these guys on campus during spring practices because I think it's twofold. They want to show guys, you know, this is what our defense looks like now. It's going to be different. It's going to be multiple. I think it's also a, a lot of staff turnover. They want guys to get there, meet these guys that are recruiting them in person, sit down. I hear a lot of um, a lot of recruits are telling me they're doing these these one-on-one, very personable sit-downs where they are going through the scheme they're talking about what they would do if they were to come to Ole Miss, you know, what, what they would do in their position, um, what the coaches would expect from them. You know, they would show them clips of, you know, hey, this is somebody at your position. This is what they do here in practice. This is what we would like for you to do. So, um, yeah, I think even though with, with, without showing up over the weekend, Cam Beavers is still very much in the mix, um, I think Ole Miss is still in a good spot there. I know that people will think, oh, you know, you know the – the trademark, the ride fell through excuse, but um <laughs> he's got a pretty loud offer list already. Alabama LSU, South Carolina is, is a team that has really yeah. turned it up in the southeast. They are recruiting at a high level. Shane Beamer is doing a fantastic job there. And then AM is uh is always gonna recruit the state of Mississippi. So um I, I think Cam Beers is definitely one that is is, is very high on Ole Miss's board. And um, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't worry too much about him not showing up over the weekend.
3: Zach, you made a great point earlier about uh, bringing a lot of prospects in during spring training. I've been to every practice uh, except one, and uh, there's at least double-digit recruits at, at every single practice, even midweek Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, maybe some of those kids were on spring break I don't know but uh, they are they are bringing in an awful lot of kids this spring break I mean it's this the spring training session
5: yeah and I think that's you have the availability like you said there a lot of them are on break they um they got a lot of downtime they're not working out with their high school coaches or their high school teammates so they want to get out and they want to go see places and I think that Ole Miss is really taking advantage of that and again I think a lot of it is they want to get prospects to you know defensive backs get out there and meet Kenodo hudson get out there and meet um you know your new position coach if you were to come here you know west neighbors the new safety coach john garrison the new offensive line coach some of the analysts they've picked up a lot of prospects talk about patrick carter um and and the job that he's done recruiting florida in the state of texas so they're wanting to get them there kelvin bolden does a fantastic job with the logistics and and, and planning everything out. Everything is methodical and everything is done a certain way for a reason. And uh, Lane Kiffin has got a good one there um, in Kelvin Bolden. He does a a really nice job. Uh, Alex Collins as well. They juggle a lot. But yeah, I think it's it's a very strategic approach to have them come in
3: during spring practice.
2: Zach, thank you, buddy. We appreciate your time again. Thank you, Zach.
3: Take care, buddy. All right, guys. Have a good one.
2: Text messages and more next after the break.
0: Outback Steakhouse No Steak. Even better, the grills are always hot and ready for your favorites. There's nothing better than pairing a bold steak with a bloomin' onion and one of our signature cocktails. Drop in for a great lunch or dinner anytime for awesome food and a bloomin' good time. Either way, Outback has your back. Visit their locations in Dupelo, Hattiesburg, Meridian, South Avon, and Flowett, Mississippi. Also serving Jackson and Cordova, Tennessee. Outback Steakhouse.
5: The insurance adjuster is never going to tell you everything you need to know to get a fair settlement. They're playing a high-stakes game of poker and hiding information from you, hoping you will take as little as possible for your injury claim. I'm attorney Roberts Wilson. If you want someone who will fight to maximize your settlement and save you money, call my law office,
0: 662-533-9111, or visit us on the web at wegetjustice.com. There's no fee unless we collect. More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Canon Motors, coming up next.
2: Time to take a look at some text messages and a few other things with the injury report coming up. Cannon, Cleary McGraw, bringing the text messages to us at ccmoxford.com. You can check it all out for land, condos, whatever you might have. Uh, they've got it at ccmoxford.com. To the text message line at four two I'm going to start with this one. Can you update on the band practice field? And then they wanted some pictures put up. I'm not sure how we're going to be able to put any pictures up, um, but that comes from Tommy in the Delta.
3: Well, thank God this is radio because I wouldn't want my picture up. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have a face for radio. But uh, the the practice field looks just like the uh, the artificial turf uh, practice on, on in Vault Hemingway Stadium. It's a hundred yards long. It's beautiful. It's got Rebels in one end and uh, Ole Miss in the other. So they've got a full length field to practice on, just like they're in the stadium.
4: The artificial turf is big too because it's uh, you know it sits down low, yeah. uh, flat. If you to put. Natural grass on it if it had been a mud hole. Like oh, yeah. And, it,
3: and it's colorful. It looks good. I mean, it, it's really a good project. Excellent. All right.
2: The next one is from someone that attended the baseball series in College Station and said easily almost could have swept. But who do you yep. believe is the closer? And that is Mason Nichols at this yep. point, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they try to stretch him sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, you know, and Mason had not pitch well the last couple of outings, and so I thought that was really big news. Yes, he gave up that home run to 187 hitter to lose the game, but, I mean, he pitched lights out uh, for, you know, three and a half innings. I thought that was very encouraging to see, and also Braden Jones, you know, what he did in middle relief there. So I see some, I see the pieces coming together. I really do. I I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's just, can they win enough games when everything starts clicking for it to matter. You but, know, that's, I,
2: I think he's the guy they want to have yeah. in that spot. Well now you have to have in that spot, with Jack Doherty being a starter. Yeah. Uh with Mallet's out and Maddox out. Yeah. I Nichols is the quote guy right now. That could change. Yeah, that could when, change at when any Elliot, point. When right? Elliot
4: comes back this month, do they put JFT back at the back end, or do they try to do JFT in that three, four inning long? You know, of course setup they do. Role. He's yeah. a
3: long reliever. That's, yeah. what, he That's what he is, yeah. and he's good at it. He's really good. Uh, at it. You, you know, it, it, this brings up another point. Uh, somebody on my message board the other day said, "Well, they're they're missing their three top pitchers," and somebody responded, "Well, they got seventeen more." <laughs> Well, that's true, but they, you don't understand the trickle-down effect of yep. losing your ace, yep. your closer, yes. yep. and, 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 and a kid that showed a lot of potential
2: up. last yep. year. So right. it's changed everything, and it puts Every- some guys on the mound that might not have pitched at all yeah. or this or, or, year. Or, or, right? it or it 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 very, very little in the middle State. of the week. right? That's right. To get their legs underneath them for next year yep. and the next year. Yeah.
3: And and not only that, it's putting them in different roles. Sure. You know, like you say, I mean, it's just it's tough. It's just tough. <sighs>
4: But, uh, you know, those guys, because they were thrust upon and put in those roles, they're starting to come together. I mean, you see what Quinn is doing now. You see what Braden Jones is doing now. them's doing I mean, there are some – some of those guys are really starting to I'll develop. I'll be interested to
2: see how Sonya responds tomorrow, pitching too. against Memphis, to yeah. see what he does in a Tuesday start, mm-hmm. yeah. right?
4: And that, that was just, you know, they went uh, – with uh, Toki, I call him Toki, but Toki in um, last week, he didn't have much success, and so now they're going to put Sonia in that spot this week against Memphis.
3: <laughs> I tell you, Yancy, yeah, your your definition of coming together and mine are a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> one, one and eight one and eight in the eight. I know,
4: I know everybody's just looking at a win and a loss, and I get it, I get it, but you just look at, uh, you know, for us baseball nuts like
3: myself. When you, you said that, I went cross-eyed. I'm I know. Sorry. That's why
4: I said, you, you know, Chucky, you probably think I'm crazy when I'm saying this, <laughs> that they're come together. But I really do see it. And if when Elliot does come back and then you're able to slide JFD back to the, you know, that middle relief spot there, and then you get Maddox back in there, and then these guys that are developing as freshmen, you know, they've got a chance. And, and they're not going to continue hitting 214 in SEC play. I mean, this lineup is too good for that to happen. I just think they're going to really start playing really good ball towards the end of the season. It's just they got a lot of catching up.
2: And this doesn't help either. Vanderbilt's 9-0 and in the league. Florida 7-2 and in the league with yep. three guys probably going to start, you know, in the major leagues. Yep. So I know it doesn't help, right? Yep. You're 1-8, 1-8. Yep. You are what you are. I think they were better than Texas A&M. They just Bob couldn't find a way to win those games. Basketball question off the text message line. Some portal names to be watching for that Coach Beard's targeting.
4: Well, this is a little tidbit for later, but we've learned that uh, Zach Barry's uh, reported that uh, Nevada center Will Baker uh, just hit the portal. Today. This is an interesting guy that uh, I know is a huge target for the center position. He's 7 1. He averaged 13.6 points, shot 56% from the field, 35.5% from behind the arc, 7 1 and shooting 35. That was better than anybody on our team last year, John. <laughs> uh, and 84.2% from the free throw lines, and 3.2 blocks a game. So This is a guy that really you need to keep your ears open, Will Baker out of Nevada. What I'm getting is that Ole Miss and LSU are the two main players for for him. And then Khalil Ware, uh, Oregon transfer, I think this is more of a long shot, but he's out of Little Rock. He's a freshman uh, this year, seven-foot freshman uh, that that, uh, Beard had recruited out of high school there in Texas, former five-star guy. Uh, Again, I think he's a little bit more of a long shot than than that Nevada center, Will Baker.
2: I didn't give us enough time to get into the uh, Rebel injury report. We'll try and do that at the back end of uh, the talk with uh, our man, uh, Mr. Harry Harrison, who's next. Oh, my
3: gosh. we got so many injuries, I don't even know if we can go over them all. (laughs) Hopefully.
4: (laughs) Goodness, what I saw on that defensive side, I hope there's a lot of injuries. There there are.
3: Harry Harrison's
4: next to the Cannon
2: Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline.
0: ladies lying in the sun
6: Celebrating 20 years in business, whether it's work or play. Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville
1: Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
0: Ole Miss football, basketball,
1: baseball, and
0: more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline. Presented by Canon Motors.
2: Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline on your Monday. We have talked a little bit of everything uh, with recruiting. We talked about basketball. We'll get more of those names out at the back end of the program. Uh, we've even talked about the band practice field in this uh, this show. And now we'll bring in our main most man Harry Harrison from the Ole Miss Radio Network football analyst. Great friend. Uh, still a couple of bruises left on me from the time I sat next to him in, uh, in in press boxes in Baton Rouge. But other than that, Harry, you're all around a good egg. <laughs> Man, if
7: you're by <laughs> me, you better have your high five. Right?
2: You, there is, look, there is no doubt that you better be prepared if you're next to Harry Harrison in a
3: football game. Especially at LSU, I guarantee you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
7: It's a hard place to swallow.
2: I've been there for fifty years. So, uh, <laughs> well, let's, let's let, with that. And I, I, I bring that up, and I've said it to you, and we do this a, a lot. As a football player, still owe oh, these whatever two or three years later. How hard and and how emotional do you? I, I've seen it. I know. But but you kind of live through every play, don't you?
7: Well, I do. You know, it's uh, playing playing defense, and you didn't play emotional. Uh, You didn't play very well when I was playing, or at least I thought that's the way it should be played. So, uh, yeah, nobody had to get me ready to play. I I pretty much self-motivated myself. But, yeah, I still get excited about the, you know, big plays and big hits and, you know, good defensive plays. And uh, so, you know, i struggled the last four or five games of last year. I'll
4: tell you what, today, uh, Chucky and and Gary, uh, Hindu and and – and Harry and myself and Kate Smith, dad from Mississippi State, we all had lunch today, and everything was about baseball. And finally, Harry, about ten minutes into it, said, can we talk some football? <laughs> 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 he had had enough baseball talk. He wanted to talk a little football. Yes,
7: yeah, I think he was ready for that too, wasn't
4: he? Yeah, he was. I don't know who was more upset about the weekend, him or I. I'll tell you what, that was that was tough, tough on me, I'll tell you that.
7: Yeah, it's tough. they got a lot of freshman arms. They'll come around for sure, but it's a tough, tough getting out of the gate. That's for Don, sure.
3: So, Harry, you were there Saturday. I saw you down on the sidelines. What what was your take, uh, other than the team being a work in progress, uh, about the first, scrim- first scrimmage of the spring training session?
7: You, you know, once again, Chuck, you, don't, you can't hit the quarterbacks and we're not tackling to the ground. Both offensive and defensive lines are – are firing out on each other and then there were occasionally a linebacker might hit somebody on the sideline well, and bring them down but you know that's the only thing that bothers me of course we'll do that later on in the fall you don't want to get anybody hurt in spring and I think so far through six practices we've uh, been pretty fortunate with that some bumps and bruises you know it, it's hard to put your finger on how good we're going to be just because we got so many key guys out from injury or surgeries or, or, or this and that and uh, both starting tackles from last year on the offensive line were not, we knew one was out and then the right tackle Michael Pettis was out for whatever reason. And, uh, I don't know if he was injured or just in the doghouse. I have no idea, but I did see him running stadiums during the practice.
3: Bow wow, bow wow. He didn't
7: look. He didn't look injured to me. No, he did not. I think his feelings <laughs> were injured, but other than that, I think that was it. But you know, I like the way our quarterbacks uh, operated. First time I'd seen uh, our our new quarterback from Oklahoma State. First time I'd seen him. Throw it down the field, and uh, he got one picked off down on the sideline. Uh, I think his game. Obviously, we're talking about Spencer Sanders. I think his game is you get that run option going, and then you know, and then this, and then you play play option off of that with a pass. I don't think he's going to be the guy to stand in the pocket and, and beat you and try to drive at 80, 80 yards. I thought Jackson Dart threw the ball well, and I'm always and I'm still impressed with with. Uh, with our, our quarterback came in from LSU, of course, and uh, that's number seven, Walker Howard. I just think he throws the ball really well. I think it comes out of his hand quickly, and I think he's uh, a, a really fine for the future. And of course, Quinchon Jenkins look like he's gained, you know, five pounds, eight pounds, but it's in the right spots. He's all locked up, and uh, they let him score a couple times down on the goal line, but they weren't tackling. They certainly was not to stop him from getting in the end zone. <laughs> You know, and the offense was ahead of the defense, still is. I mean, that's the one major glaring point we saw. Defense started off with a couple, two or three stops to begin the scrimmage. But offense after that pretty much took over and played a lot of quarterbacks, played a lot of wide receivers trying to find some go-to guys. I thought Jalen Knox made a good catch after he dropped a couple. but And I thought Michael Trigg, I thought he blocked well Saturday in the scrimmage and he caught some good passes. And they, So I think we're in good shape with a, a tight end position Chuck with uh, with Michael Trigg and then number eighty six uh, pre- is it Priscorn prehorn?
3: Yeah, Priscorn. I, I, I think I think that, that having Caden Priscorn in here has uh, motivated Michael Trigg.
7: Well, something has for sure, and I think you're right. I think that very easily could be the case. But I thought Caden Priscorn Number one, he looks like a tight end. He can play with his hand on the ground, which we haven't seen much of the last few years. But he moves around very well for a guy that's six five and about two fifty and he's got soft hands. So that's good. I you know, I I like uh, our guys up front on defense. I thought JJ Pagese is uh, is going is a star once again in the making. And of course yeah. uh, uh, our defensive end that uh, played quite a bit last year, Jared Ivey uh is gonna be the other guy at the defensive end. And I thought they got a lot of looks at the three four more so than I remember them seeing in practice, Chuck. I thought they, they lined up in that 3-4 with that Jack linebacker, which is most of the time it was Jameer Lewis. And I did see uh, where they were using Reginald Hughes over there when they were lining up to run that position, too. Doesn't have quite the height of a Jameer Lewis, but still a uh, good-looking athlete. You know, and then we get into the secondary. and we got some guys injured there. We know DeAndre Prince will be a starter in one of the corners. And, and, and right now, I guess you'd have to say the next corner, would be the young man, Zamari Walton, that transferred in from Georgia Tech. He and John Saunders, both the portal guys. and They got Saunders playing safety in the slot coverage quite a bit, and uh, that's going to be a good find. Walton will probably be the other starter. We need some backups to those guys. And the guy I was looking at, and I think he's got a chance, is Braxton Myers. He's a high school uh, transfer, came in in January. He probably should be going to the prom about right now, but I think he looks the part, 6'1", 190. And uh, he's got the bloodline. His dad was a defensive tackle out of Vicksburg, wound up playing at uh, at Michael Alabama. Michael Myers, Michael mm-hmm. Myers, a heck of a player, and then wound up in the league for a while. So, kid comes from good, uh, good background, you and, and, uh, know. So, I think he's certainly a star. Hopefully, he will uh, he will catch on about as quick as Igbenosen did last year. If it is, that would be a, such a big find for us back there. But uh, you know, there's some other young guys at safety that I thought did well. I thought Taylor Groves – uh, number 26, was a, he's a redshirt freshman. I thought he, he looked apart. part. Uh, Trey Washington's been back there for several years. But, uh, you know, we we got to find some corners. Markevious Brown at 28, I, I don't know if he played. I think he had a, a he did uh, not. Black, black jersey on. DeMarco Williams had a black jersey on. So uh, if you didn't have a black jersey on, you definitely got to play <laughs> Saturday in the secondary because we didn't have many guys up for sure.
3: Hey, I counted on the sideline. You know, the the defense was in red jerseys. There were only thirty two defensive players dr- dressed out out of the whole roster. So that yeah. that tells you how many injuries there are.
7: That's the story right there. Of course, it tells you right there. But Corey Coleman continues to start at the weak side backer, and of course, uh, uh, the other the other. Young man, number 36, uh, from down at Louisville, Mississippi, a shiny sis drunk. He's been in the system quite a while. And you would think those guys, uh, Chuck, would be ahead because they've been in the system for a while, even though we got a new system. But they, they, they seem to be holding their own inside. And, then, of course, you got the two portal guys after that in in uh, uh, Jean-Pierre. It'll be fun talking about Jean-Pierre. It's, uh, it's Jean- <laughs> Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste instead of Jean-Pierre. anyway. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure I'll throw out Jean-Pierre a lot if we, get, we got him in the game. He and Monty Montgomery, of course, look good, and they, they're better they're in there too. So I think we'll be okay in that position. I think we'll be fine at in inside backers. We just got to get somebody on the outside that will uh, be able to rush the passer and play that what they call a jack linebacker position, which is kind of a hybrid defensive end slash outside linebacker. But Jamar hey, Lewis seems to be the guy they've tagged right now. I let me give you another name. All right. Perkins. <laughs>
3: yeah,
7: yeah. He's going to come in and start yeah. day one. Yeah, you know, I think I think he will be right there in that position without a doubt. Of course, we're missing Cedric Johnson. He's probably the best defensive lineman we got, number two. Yeah. He, he's banged up and had some off-season surgery. I've visited with him a couple times in practice on the sideline. He's chomping at the bit. But, you know, you got to let those you got to let those surgeries heal. And you know, we know what he can do, but that's going to add to it. You know, if there's anything in the in the next portal, we might try to pick up. Might be another defensive lineman or two. But uh, uh, all in all, uh, some younger guys who had not had a lot of playing time are going to have to step up for the backups. That's for sure. So we'll see how it goes. And you know, we, we were really fortunate last year not having any injuries at in any one particular, particular position. But uh, you know, the thing I'm still anxious, Chuck, to see uh, the young man transfer in here. Uh, Trey Harris I don't think he Me no too he did, You know So uh, I keep hearing good things But I had not seen him practice yet So I don't know if we'll see him this, this, During spring or not But uh, ho- Hopefully we will
3: Well During the off season, I heard a lot of good things About him And Everybody I've talked to On the inside That saw him During the off season, Seven on seven drills And stuff like that Said Said he's the real deal
7: well, in the people I've talked to, said he's the yes or no, sir, guy, good, mm-hmm. good home, good parents came over and you know, and uh, get, you know, treated treated exactly like he wanted to be done. So I think there'll be good things from him for sure. Uh, I thought uh, our, our backup running back, Chuck, had a pretty good day Saturday. I think he's back to one hundred percent of what we expected some last year. Obviously, we're talking about uh, Ulysses Bentley the fourth and. Uh, you know, he looked – he looked like he had all his speed back and his movement back, and so whatever injury he he had to go through last year looks like it's behind him. Let's, let's hope that's the case because uh, those two guys are are head and shoulders uh, ahead of anything else we've got there. Of course, we know Quinshawn Juckins is the real deal. But, you know, it, it, we're still installing on the defensive side. Uh, you, you can just tell they're about a step or a half step late doing things just because they're having to think too much. And when you're having to think playing defense uh, – you go, you know, used to a half a step or a step was okay, but now that'll get you beat, especially in the secondary. So uh, hopefully that, that by the time spring is over, they'll feel much more comfortable and feel uh, that that group will do a lot better. I'm not I, I predicting that.
4: Harry, two guys that I think are really important for the defense next year, Xavier Harris and Tyrone Malone. I know Malone's had limited reps because of baseball, but, what have you seen out of Harris and Malone when he's been in there? Uh, the few practices he has participated.
7: Well, we know he's got lots of potential, Yancey. and, I, and I'm kind of like you know. We talked at lunch. I mean, he's not getting to play baseball. I mean, unfortunately, whatever it is. But so I, you know, if he's got a ticket to the next level, I think it's going to be football without a doubt. So I, I sure hate he misses all these uh, reps. And, and I've seen him in practice a couple times. Very you know, obviously, six, four or five, 300 pounds, and very quick. But I, I thought Xavier Harris had, had really got his body in much better shape than what he reported last year. And I think the off season, even though it's only been about two months, I think really changed his look. And so he's going to be—he's have to be a warrior inside. He and J.J. McKees, they're going to be probably the two starters unless time alone gets here in the fall and winds up one of those positions. But those two guys are going to have to be the, the wild men inside. And Harris, of course, is six seven, six eight, whatever he is. Uh, he, he's got to be a big player for us, and he's got the potential to do that. I think he moves really well for a guy that all, oh, You know, you've you got to worry about him getting too too tall in his stance and, and coming out of his stance. Those offensive linemen certainly want to get leverage on you, and he's got to be careful with that. But, uh, you know, another several months in the weight program, by the time the fall gets around, he could really be you know, changed his look tremendously, and I think he could be a really big big-time player for us.
2: Harry, we've got uh, a long list of injuries that we've got to let Chuck get to. Uh, So we're going to let you go here uh, a minute or two early and and get to those as uh, as we continue along the way. But uh, uh, another good bit of information from you, big guy. Thank you, my friend.
4: Thank you, Harry. Couldn't do it without you, man. Hi, Perry
2: Harrison on with us. The Game Day Outlook, by the way, brought to you by the Faris Group. They're our partners in retirement for nearly two decades, helping retirees invest and distribute their savings. The Faris Group, they have offices in Ridgeland, Oxford, Little Rock, and Baton Rouge. Toll-free number, friends. It's one 3735 Now, Chuck, what you got on that
3: injury front? <laughs> okay. Well, it's a bunch. Do we have enough time? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> you got about two and a half minutes. I'm going to run through it. Uh, defensive end, Jakuvian Brown uh, is still rehabbing from a knee injury, knees, off-season knee surgery. Markevious Brown, cornerback, uh, I don't know what his problem is. He missed Saturday's uh, scrimmage. Preston Cushman, offensive lineman, has been missing time. I don't know what his issue is. Quay Davis, uh, wide receiver, is out. Jaden Dix, defensive end from Canada, is out with a knee issue. Trey Harris, a wide receiver from uh, Louisiana Tech, that transferred in here from the portal, has a hamstring problem. Jeremy James, offensive lineman, is dealing with uh, rehabbing from shoulder surgery in the offseason. The same with defensive end Cedric Johnson. Neither one of those will go through any spring. Uh, freshman wide receiver Caden Lee has hamstring issues. He's fixed, trying to fix right now. Uh, cornerback De'Andre Prince had off-season groin surgery. He's rehabbing. Uh, Ladarius Tennyson, a safety, has uh, injured his knee slightly Saturday and was held out of most of the scrimmage, but I think he's fine. Uh, Safety Rafe Vinson, I don't know what his problem is, but he's out. Uh, Wide receiver Dayton Wade has lower body issues. He's out, but he practiced all week. But he didn't he didn't play in Saturday's game. Jordan Watkins, wide receiver, has hamstring issues. Demarco Williams, the cornerback, has hamstring issues. Hudson Wolf uh, goes through non-contact drills, the tight end, but he doesn't go through any contact drills yet. And Davin Widener, a quarterback, tore his ACL and is out for the year.
4: Whew. <laughs> that is a rather long list. <laughs> well, good. I mean, it's spring, and that's when you have these surgeries, right, after the football season, and you rehab there the spring. So I don't think it's a alarming thing because it, naturally the spring is when you're going to have the guys recovering from
3: those surgeries. And right. Quite a few of these guys have experience and really don't need much. Yeah, yeah.
2: We've got a lot of things jammed into the last seven minutes. We'll do it and finish up the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell hotline next. Oh, yeah. I oh, Don't you know she's all right I don't know if all right.
0: Look good and feel good this new year by stopping by Great Scott at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson. Check out the great sale items they have going on now, plus new merchandise arriving daily. They've been voted Top 50 Men's Clothing Store by Esquire Magazine, and they also offer a full-service old-fashioned barbershop, and their hours are 9.30 to 6 Monday through Friday and 9.30 to 5 on Saturdays. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Serving you for over 55 years, that's Great Scott at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson employers are you paying too much for your group health insurance if so call brad camp with morgan white group brad can show our proprietary premium saver plan which could save you as much as 18 to 20 percent on your group health insurance premium brad can also show you our employee needs too Offering human resource guidance, payroll solutions, 401k retirement plans, and senior services. Morgan White Group is your largest solely dedicated health and payroll insurance agency in the state of Mississippi. Servicing all of your health, dental, vision, and life insurance needs. Call Brad Camp at 662-259-5552.
1: Looking for the right place to get your game day colors? Rebel Rags has the largest selection of Old Miss merchandise anywhere, including football jerseys in every size and color. Come grab them while supplies last. Rebel Rags also has game day polos, sideline gear, tailgate items, and more. Famous name brands like Nike, Under Armour, Columbia, Drake, Coliseum, Champion, and Comfort Color t-shirts. Check out Rebel Rags' new interest off Jackson Avenue with plenty of parking or shop online at rebelrags.net. Rebel Rags, owned and operated by Rebel fans for Rebel fans. Tell them, Molly.
6: Rebel Rags, anything, everything Ole Miss.
1: Hey,
0: Rebel fans, want to be more involved with Ole Miss? Well, join the Grove Collective, the exclusive Ole Miss NIL program. With the new name, image, and likeness law, Rebel fans now have the opportunities to support and elevate Ole Miss student-athletes. And the Grove Collective has created a unified portal to amplify that support. As part of the Grove Collective, your support opens access to special events, fan experiences, merchandise, and marketing opportunities with student athletes. To find out more and to become part of the Grove Collective NIL program, visit thegrovecollective.com. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
2: My boys and girls, we're about ready to finish this one up. I need to tell you that that injury report Again, was brought to us by our friends at Oxford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Oxford dot uh, quickly, SEC or Ole Miss notes. Then we've got a little more recruiting, and then we got the good, bad, and ugly. And uh, we get into these Ole Miss notes brought to you by Van Atkins Jewelers, the South's leader in estate jewelry uh, and diamond solitaires. They're in uh, New Albany. They're in downtown Oxford on the square. And as Chuck always says, you know she's worth it. And it led me, after getting an email from the uh, Memphis Showboats, to look into the USFL and see if there were any Rebels playing coming up with the season that starts on Saturday. Trey Elston is a defensive back with the New Jersey Generals, Derek Jones is a defensive back with the New Orleans Breakers. Breland Speaks defensive end with the Michigan Panthers and Robert <laughs> Kimdichi is wow. also on the Michigan mm-hmm. Panther roster.
3: Wow. He's giving mm. it another try. Yeah. Good for him. I hope he I hope he succeeds. Yeah, maybe it's a Kurt Warner story where he gets it back well, later. You know, and,
2: uh, some of these guys in the past, yeah. at least from the USFL, have found a way uh, to get it and done. And
3: some of them just can't give it up. Well, that's right. That's
2: right. <laughs> so four defensive guys. And then uh, Major League Baseball, Lance Lynn with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, he didn't get a decision in his only start so far. Five and two-thirds. Struck out six against the Astros. He pitches Thursday against the San Francisco Giants. Nick Ford Cortez has started two of the four games at catcher for the Miami Marlins. He's three for seven with a home run and two batted in. Mm. Drew Pomeranz is on the Padres but the 15-day injured list, and Ryan Rollins on the 40-man roster, uh, but he's on the 60-day injury list because of that shoulder surgery. Still mm. trying to come back. Yeah, a little
4: it. low on numbers. Four, you know, I've, I've, they put up the chart and the SEC chart. And I believe Vandy led at 13, and then there were a handful at six, and then Ole Miss and. Maybe A&M at four, but just seems a little low for me.
2: All right, the Red and Blue Chips recruiting segment presented by the Grove Collective. Their mission, of course, is to create and enhance the NIL opportunities for Ole Miss student-athletes, giving us uh, the protection and guidance in today's NIL marketplace.
4: Yeah, Zach Barry's reported that uh, Siena point guard JV.I. McCullum has been contacted by Ole Miss. The Rebels should know him quite well. He dropped 26 points and eight assists. Uh, against Ole Miss this season. Alabama guard Namari Burnett has hit the portal. He was recruited by Beard at Texas Tech. He's a 6'4 guard. He likes. We all know Beard likes to play defense, so he's trying to get length and longer there at the point guard and, and the two guard. He's a guy to keep an ear on, obviously, there. He shot 36.8% from three this year. Um, Ole Miss reached out to Sanford guard uh, Quest Glover. He also tore Ole Miss up last year. He averaged 19.2 points and 4.4 assists last year. And then Andrew Slater from On3 Sports first reported that Georgia small fair forward Correa Aquino, a 6'4", 220-pound shooting guard, uh, he averaged 15.2 points a game this season as a freshman that he is high on Ole missus won't list as well. So that's your recruiting tidbits.
2: All right, and and with that, a text message just came in. When are you going to have Coach Beard on the show? Efforts are underway. Yes. They're underway. Well, we're
3: going to get him on. They're doing Rebel Road Trip right now. Like Right now they're down in Cleveland, Mississippi, so we couldn't get him on tonight. But as soon as Rebel Road Trip's over, we'll get him on.
2: All right, thanks for that text message as well. Good, bad, and ugly. The Big Delta Power Sports located at 155 Cracker Barrel Drive
3: well, in Batesville. Before I start that, I just want to say something to Yancey. I hope we're not recruiting Kids, just because they tore Old Miss up, I think I had eighteen and six.
4: Good point. Good point. All
3: right, the good Rebel football coaches held their first scrimmage last Saturday. It was good from the standpoint of getting to see a lot of players and getting film on every player who wasn't sitting out the workout due to due to injury. Unfortunately, there were a lot of players who sat out. The ones who participated, however, were competing and trying to make a mark for themselves. Uh, A couple that stood out, transfer wide receiver Chris Marshall, had a good day with five catches. And J.J. Henry, playing in place of uh, Dayton Wade, who sat out in the slot position, caught four passes, including a 27-yard touchdown. All three quarterbacks had good passing numbers and ran the offense with authority for the most part. The defense looked like it's finally starting to understand the new system being installed by defensive coordinator Pete Golding. Overall, a pretty good first effort. There's certainly a lot to do for sure, but for a first scrimmage with so many new faces and so many injured, I, I wasn't displeased. Let's put it that way. Uh, well, bad. Uh, once again, the Rebel baseball team just can't seem to get untracked. Uh, they did win win. One game at Texas A&M over the weekend when they looked like the team that we anticipated, but they managed to lose two close games that they led in most of the way. Holding leads has been a problem, which means the bullpen is not getting the job done, and they're getting enough innings with their three starters. The Rebs are now a bad 1-8 and through three SEC series, and Arkansas invades this weekend, but... Our buddy Yancey Porter says, they're coming around. around. (laughs) Hey, you're going to see it as
2: we go by. All right. Good job, fellas. Thanks, everybody, for listening and bringing in those text messages and more. We'll do it again next Monday. Hotty toddy.